You're listening to a podcast from Blogging Heads TV. Hi, Mickey. Hey, Bob. How you doing? Uh, I'm I'm slightly discombobulated. Uh, how's, your, you, how's your How's your tech infrastructure? My tech infrastructure is crumbling even as we speak. Gosh, um, I, w- I would never have inferred that from the, oh, half hour we just spent trying to... Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, but I, at least you're not annoyed by that. No, I mean, I I'm not the type to be annoyed. You have, a Buddhist, you have a Buddhist why, calm about you. That's why the people <laughs> love me, Mickey. It's the um, even temperament. And I was, I, was also, I was also interrupted by a call from our mayor who read very slowly that... The vaccine for the 1B category, which is over 65 now, will not be available until early February. And Mickey, what did Bob say when the phone rang right before you picked it up? I didn't hear what Bob said. I said, don't pick it up. Don't pick it up. I didn't hear that. Did you Mm -hmm. heed my sage counsel? You usually say pick it up, so I, I he. That's when I. That's when we're recording, and I think there will be entertainment value, not when we're trying desperately to get. It took your two seconds, and the, and the computer is rebooting. Okay. Plus, this, now I know when to get my life-saving vaccine. That's important to me. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I'm not so sure, but that's all behind us. <laughs> I'm not so sure. That's like saying that Mike Pence's life was important to Donald Trump. Um, we'll get to that. I have more. I have more data on that. I have more data. Well, you notice on that. I have a I have a Biden sign. I have my mm-hmm. Biden placard behind me, so I'm I'm rebranding myself, Bob. You know, <laughs> I gave you that opportunity last week. You, you, I, I could, you know, I said, do you regret voting for Trump? You could have said, I regret the whole, the entire last five years of my life. But did you? I'm no. not ready for that. Some people took advantage of the Capitol riots to do important rebranding and distance themselves from Trump. People right. resigned I, I, from the administration. These people who resigned from the administration, not after he, to stop the steal, not after he pressured the state legislators, not after he, he convened the... The gathering, but after the actual riot killed people, I think that's a little late, you know? What it was after say? the thing that was a logical culmination of everything he had done before. That no, they, it wasn't the, the, the killing was not the logical culmination. Well, no, um, but there was, there was a sense in which this shouldn't have been surprising. Anyway, uh, I'm, 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 I, I got off the boat when he started pressuring the state legislators. Wait, I didn't know uh, you had gotten off the boat. Is that on the record? I think I think you I think it's on the record. I think you could find it in our vast vault of tapes. But um, uh, anyway, but before you know, I, I, Byron York says it was when he should have quit. His presidency was fine until the election, and then he went berserk after the election. That's a that's a useful dichotomy too. Uh, well, he, but he, his reaction he, to the election was almost predictable. That itself was almost predictable. And in fact, had been predicted by many people. He won't accept the election. Uh, we knew what the basic game was going to be. Uh, try to delegitimize the mail-in ballots. We didn't know exactly you, how well, they tried. Ex- right. No, no, no. People, people predicted it and, and they were right. But uh, his previous, uh, as York points out, his previous strategy was Bluster, 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 cave. Okay, except this time he didn't cave. This time he just kept on blustering, uh, and that was new for him. I mean, on the fence he caves. On you know, on he vetoed 
various budgets. He caved on the defense appropriation bill. He caved. He always caved. And this is a point Ann Coulter makes in her column, which is really pretty good. Uh, uh, he finally fought a cause he's willing to die for, which is himself. Um, well, there's he, he, that, but also it was always possible probably to spin these things as something other than losing. And when you've lost an election, when you leave the White House, it's kind of clear you lost the he election. Could have spent, yeah, but he, but he could run in 2024 and he could say, you know. Sure, but I mean, he had to admit losing. And la luta continua. He's and, never in his life admitted losing fair and square, right? And that's what he would have. That's the only way he could have they, shut up after the election. Has he fold, hasn't he folded several businesses? Yeah, but it's I mean, he it's, always has some kind of victim narrative or something. It, well, it's never. He fa- he's a, never. I'll bet you he has never said, "I lost fair and square in any a, realm." He, he has a pl- he has plenty of a victim narrative here. Well, uh, the, the Democrats, uh, I mean, that brings us to recent events. I personally think the impeachment is probably a mistake. From the point of view of the country and the Democrats, I mean, it, it certainly is a way of feeding his uh, the persecution narrative, which is a big part of his basis narrative, among other among other things. Um, what's hey, your line? Seem, on, my yeah. line, I, I agree with you. My line is uh, it's like the. Um, uh, and Biden is, is a player in both these. Uh, I, I was very much opposed to uh, comprehensive immigration reform in the in 2013, 2014. And just as uh, just as Obama was about to make his big push for it, Sandy Hook happened. And it was a horrible thing. And uh, 12, 14 kids died, you know, and and the people felt they had to do something. It was this emotional drive to do something, which was to try to do something about gun control. The problem was there wasn't time to do both things. Okay, either you do the immigration or you do gun control. They jam up, and also they weren't going to get gun control. It was a loser. So the smart thing to do was to rein in your emotions and go with immigration, and you might have gotten that done. Instead, Obama and Biden tried to do both because uh, there's emotionally it was so compelling they had to do something mm-hmm. about gun control, and they got neither. And as soon as they made that decision to go for gun control, I knew I said they've completely blown it. It's it, what a what a stupid decision. Uh, and similarly here, the crime was so horrific that they have to do something and they well, have also, to, I mean, they the, sort of the, the have people, to, they have to impeach, but that is going to screw up Biden's agenda. Go also, ahead. in this case, the people most directly threatened by the crime were deciding what to do next as if the survivors at Sandy Hook decided what, what to focus on legislatively. Well, right. That's why it was so horrific. If, if, if these, if, if two people had just been murdered in a shopping mall in Indianapolis, they wouldn't, you know, on, on, you know, on the same alleged incitement from Trump, they wouldn't have been the same. Well, it isn't just that though. I mean, uh, let's be clear. It was the capital of the United States that no, was right, under right. siege and was penetrated. It isn't, it, it isn't just that Nancy Pelosi was personally no, right. threatened. Right. I just That's think right. that influ, I mean, it is a huge, it is a huge thing by any standard and warrants right. dramatic response. It's just that. Well, and, and, and obviously censure is not enough. You can't say, you can't say we hold you responsible for invading the seat of government of the United States and oh, we're slapping you on the wrist. You, you sort of have to impeach or do nothing. Well, then you're not against you're not against the impeachment. I, I'm not against the impeachment on, on the different grounds. I mean, I would be for it 
It seems to me the, 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 you have him on the failure to act once it was underway. And as, as you were the first to point out, uh, tweeting uh, an anti-Pence tweet as the mob was roaming the halls. This has now been picked up by several other people, including Coulter, who um, uh, made it yeah. her, her key point. And, uh, but it, it, it's become sort of half conventional wisdom. The press is still sticking with their, their old incitement uh, shtick, but really that it's become clear that the real, the natural reviews on this too, the, the real thing you can have on it is the failure to act decisively when, uh, when the capital was threatened. It's a little like there used to be this scenario where if you called Obama in the middle of the night and said the United States is under attack, would he say, uh, would his immediate reaction be, you know, where are the troops? We have to respond. Or would his immediate reaction be, well, maybe we deserved it. And uh, that was very unfair. But here, Trump got a similar call. The Capitol is under attack. Right. What was his reaction? He failed to act. So that's an impeachable yeah, but, but, but I think so I, I mean, would impeach I, him. I think that is important. I mean, first of all, I agree that too much emphasis has been put on this his speech the speech itself preceding it. I mean, the, 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 his defenders have a couple of replies to that with some rhetorical effectiveness. One is that the contents of the speech, certainly by Trump standards, weren't all that bad. He did say protest peacefully and blah, blah, blah. The other is that, sleep. What? He put my friends who were there to sleep. They said it was like an Irish wake. Well, he cited a lot of pseudo evidence and, you know, turned it into kind of a yeah. legal brief for one thing. But okay. But the, but the other, there are other, uh, claim is, well, the people who started trying to breach the barrier got there uh, before the people who are from the speech itself. They either drifted away from the speech earlier or were never there. That's true. But on the other hand, for all we know, they were listening to the speech on, on their smartphones. But in any event, I, I think the, uh, you know, the, the parts of the indictment that are impervious to this kind of uh the, the, this kind of defense of Trump are, yeah, A, he didn't do anything, but B, I still think the uh, anti-Mike Pence tweet is being underemphasized. I think that in terms of actual incitement, I think that's like the smoking gun. And Mickey. Well, I agree, to, but they're, they're, I, I see them both as one count. His oh, actions. I think they're. I think they're different. There's doing nothing. That's one. But listen, listen. Let me. I, I'm. Okay, I'm. Finish. Uh, finish. I, finish. Go ahead. Okay. Let me finish. So, I. Uh, you know, I. I tivoed the whole thing, not because I knew there was going to be a riot. I thought I was tivoing uh, important congressional deliberations, right? But anyway, I have CNN's coverage of the riot on TiVo, and I went back and listened to it prior to. Um, Trump's tweet, and again, just to uh, let's see, where is Trump's tweet? He, he tweeted at 224, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country and our Constitution. In other words, he's a traitor. He's violated his oath of office. This is the most se- severe indictment uh, you, you can make. Now, let's look at the uh, what's happening right before that. This is 224. We know Trump is watching cable TV. And I just want to play you a couple of things in the, in the several minutes prior to the tweet. From CNN. Now, he may have been watching CNN. I mean, he watches commentary on Fox, but when he's watching a live event, he may have been watching uh, CNN. That should be discoverable. I mean, we should be able to that's there were probably witnesses. And and one interesting thing about the trial happening uh, after he's uh, out of office is I'm not sure he can invoke executive privilege and keep people from testifying. In any event, it may have been this is either 
what he was listening to, or it gives you a sense of the atmospherics on cable TV generically right before his tweet. Okay. So first, his anti-Pence tweet. So first, um, this is Wolf Blitzer, um, like four minutes before the tweet. Okay. And at this point, the, the, the protesters, they have been in the Capitol building, uh, for 20 minutes or more, but Wolf Blitzer doesn't know it yet. So what you're hearing now, uh, doesn't entail that knowledge. Okay. I've covered a lot of huge, huge demonstrations in Washington, D.C., especially around Capitol Hill. I haven't seen anything like this. So, John King, uh, you've covered a lot of these as well. Uh, this is pretty dangerous when you see these protesters going through a barricade, getting uh, inside uh, this area. Uh, and you got the, the vice president of the United States. you got the leadership of the House and the Senate. They're debating uh, these articles right now. And all of a sudden, we see this going on. It's a scary scene. Uh, plain and simple, it is a scary scene. And Okay, so that's 2.20. Now, this is, uh, uh, that's four minutes before Trump's tweet. Uh, now, this is, um, and, you know, he mentions that Pence is in danger. Now, this is two minutes before Trump's tweet. Congresswoman Elaine Loria of Virginia, a Democrat, uh, tweeted a short time ago, I just had to evacuate my office because of a pipe bomb ported outside. Supporters of the president are trying to force their way into the Capitol, and I can hear what sounds like multiple gunshots. Now, again, I want to be clear. When you have a chaotic situation like this, there's often uh, conflicting information about what actually happened. We'll explore whether there are such threats. But clearly, members of Congress are among those who feel unsafe right now. All right, let's go to Manu Raju right now. He's getting more information. Manu, what are you learning? Now, we have been told and we have been, they've been spotted, protesters are inside the Capitol building. There are uh, scores of protesters, we're told. I'm not sure exactly how many, but there have been witnessed uh, outside the Senate, off the, just off the Senate floor, the second floor. Okay, so it could be that, that Trump was actually listening to CNN. And, and then, so it's two minutes later that uh, after that that uh, last thing that he tweets, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our what, country and our constitution. We, we don't know what was on the other networks. How how could they not have been covering they it? Can find, first of all, they can find out. I mean, there's no way he didn't have a sense of, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of sense of things that this conveys. Well, yeah, but but if, more... let, me, let me just finish. If they can find out that he was watching CNN, this is the killer piece of evidence okay and i would encourage them in any event to focus on this tweet and what and what the coverage was right before it yes my point is he has multiple tvs on at once and he can see all of them and they were probably all covering this i don't think it hinges on whether he was watching cnn i think they were probably all showing people entering the capitol yeah but but the point is on on cnn as it happens i mean I think it would be effective in any event during the hearing to like show what was on cable right before he did right. this because we know he was on. No, but, I agree. but if he was watching killer. CNN. The guy says Mike Pence is in danger, and then the other guy says they're in the Capitol. They're right outside the Senate floor, and then two minutes later, Trump tweets this. That is mind blowing. I agree, it's mind blowing. But I don't. Did he say Mike Pence is in danger? I didn't hear that part. Yeah, Wolf Blitzer said that said this is scary. The vice president is in that building. Okay, that's different. Yeah, okay. That was four minutes before Trump's. Uh, yeah, no, I tweet. agree. I agree that it's. I agree that it's powerful evidence. If he was watching it of of some sort of uh, unpatriotic intent uh, that is impeachable. My point is they should impeach him. Uh, you know, you know that's powerful evidence. I think even without it, failure to act is also impeachable. 
and um, uh, but they shouldn't have the trial. He's out of office. Okay, but uh, just to- after, after after he's out of office, I think a it's 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 very bad for Biden to have the trial, and b it's uh, legally suspect. Okay, just I'll stop in a second. But you just said this is evidence of uh, unpatriotic intent. No, it's evidence that he was, this is clearer evidence of incitement of a mob than anything he said in his speech. He is knowingly inciting a mob to physically endanger his own vice president. And, I was, and that's huge. Now, uh, back to the fact that I think impeachment is a bad idea. I mean, the die is cast. Apparently is going to be just, a hearing. I was just trying to uh, avoid having to say, did he actually want Pence killed or did he just want him scared? Yeah, but there's no way, whatever, I'm just explaining why. He said Whatever channel he's attack. watching, he gets the picture. He knows Pence no, is in there. I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying, okay. explaining why I said unpatriotic intent. It's because I'm trying to avoid having to say, is he guilty of attempted murder? He, he's, he's inciting that mob in any event, if you ask me. But the, um, so, I mean, as for the, I don't know. I, I just, uh, so you think it is a mistake for the Democrats? Well, yes, for, for a bunch of reasons. One is, uh, you know, one is it, it, it's, it's the Sandy Hook thing. You can only do so many things at once in Congress. And this, this just clots up, uh, his first hundred days when he's supposed to be passing his big stimulus bill and his virus package. The stimulus bill is very controversial. And it, mm-hmm. unfortunately, it's true that it's hard for the Senate to do m- more than one thing. And that's what happened with Sandy Hook and immigration. Now it's, um, uh, it also seems vindictive. It seems weird that they got rid of him and they're still going after mm. him. We understand the emotion. We understand why they had to impeach him. Okay, they had to attack the. I don't agree that they. I don't agree that they him. They don't. They don't have to try him. He's out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, and so uh, uh, those are the two main reasons. Do you think there's hope? I mean, I'm not sure they had to impeach him. I, I think. A censure resolution that begins, whereas it's too late to impeach this asshole, you know, or something. But, but uh, do you? Is it still possible that they will not have the trial? I mean, I, I think I've, it is. I mean, it's po- they, for for one, you know, for one thing, the chief justice has to decide whether to show up and preside. So that sort of requires a preliminary ruling as to whether it's constitutional or not. The uh, the second thing is uh, somebody could maybe sue and take it to the Supreme Court and say it's unconstitutional. Uh, so, and third, there, 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 there's, there are reasons where, what, there are ways if Biden had cold feet, which I think he will at some point, whether they'll prevail or not, I don't know, but they could declare it moot. They could, there could be a vote. Uh, there's a preliminary vote, I think, as to whether it's constitutional or not. And they could lose that vote. They could vote against they could vote against going ahead. Uh, they could just pull the plug. I think I think he could pull the plug and save face, barely, uh, at this point. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, you know, you can certainly make the case it's constitutional. There there has been uh, an impeachment uh, trial of, uh, of of an official who, by the Senate, of an official who had left office. Uh, it um, He was acquitted. There hasn't been a conviction. He, he was Larry Tribe wrote, wrote an article where you know there there are precedents for it. Mm-hmm. There's a big there's you know there's a big case that the founders were thinking of in England, where it was after the guy left office, and uh, but uh, in the case that you cited, uh, tw- I think twenty two 
senators voted to acquit because they thought it was unconstitutional. So there was a dissent there. But the big thing is, it's insane. Whatever the precedents are, it's insane. That under this precedent, you could go back to the Obama administration and impeach him over Benghazi if they're, again and drag up that whole fucking thing and in order to prevent Obama from ever holding another federal office. It would be completely constitutional, according to the Larry Tribe interpretation. The only difference would be, at least this time, they started the impeachment while he was in office. But a lot of tribes' examples don't involve, including well, the one you cite, also, I don't mean, involve that's a, starting when he's in office. That's a kind of reductio ad absurdum. And, uh, yes, but, it is. <laughs> I'm not sure how effective it is because, um, I mean, you know, two thirds is a high bar in the Senate and so on. But there's another kind of reductio ad absurdum. Well, they could uh, have the proceeding and drag him through it. OK, they but get there's also the this, Mickey. There's also this. Um, remember that one of the penalties spelled out in the Constitution for impeachment, if they opt for this penalty, is you're not eligible for public office in the future. And if you couldn't hold for okay if you couldn't hold a trial after the person leaves office then anybody who's who's impeached could short circuit that by just resigning before the trial and then you wouldn't be able to keep them uh, from holding future office so that's a kind of reductio ad absurdum of the other well, position well I, I say what's so, so they resign so they're nixon they resign yeah. before they leave office what's so bad about that outcome look i don't that's a, that's a reductio ad not absurdum that's a reductio ad good thing no, but I mean, it undermines, you see how that interpretation that you can't have a trial after they leave office undermines uh, the clear intent in the Constitution that you should be able to use. We don't know impeach. what the intent is. The intent could either be to remove and and if they, if they don't resign, uh, bar them for further office. It also explicitly says that he can be held accountable in criminal court. So if he's, if he's that bad, charge him in court. Well, yeah, but but you can be impeached for things you can't be tried for in regular court. And in I fact, this is a good example. But but look, I don't have a dog in this fight. I don't give a damn how this argument comes out. My the the problem is it is an argument. So so this is another, you know, just as part of Trump's narrative is to have all these people doubting the legitimacy of the election. This would just give them something else to doubt the legitimacy of. Like, we don't need that. And And my argument against. Uh, impeachment, certainly the trial, is not, it's not about a legislative logjam, although I see that downside. I just think this intensifies, it will intensify the commitment of Trump's base to him. And by the way, he's almost certainly not going to be convicted. And so you, you wind up with a guy who can run that. again. What's that? I would, I would not say that. The, the Republicans want to get rid of him too. Everybody wants to get rid of this guy. It's just the Republicans are scared of yeah. uh, of, of being primaried and, and worse if they vote to convict. But McConnell may, has indicated he may well vote to convict. And if he goes, then maybe 16 other Republicans will that's, follow. Uh, that, is, that, that seems like nonsense to me. Why should they take his direction? They're, they're worried about their own skins. And it's clearly bad for you politically if you vote for a conviction for, for almost all these Republican senators. Well, he... I, I, you're, that's a very good point. He, the the hack way of saying it is he gives them cover, but what cover does he? He doesn't give, give them cover. They get primaried and they lose. He, uh, he can't help them then. Well, he, he he actually controls a lot of money that he can steer to help them. Or or, uh, or they or they win the primary and can't turn out the base in the general. The, right? It's no. it's suicide. These but, guys aren't um, going to do it. And okay, and so well, so you're not going to get them convicted. 
and you are going to intensify the devotion of a big chunk of his base to him. So he's actually more likely uh, probably to to uh, run again and win and and win the nomination. Now, conceivably, I mean, see, they're, they're 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 guys like Ben. Uh, maybe Ben Sassy is in the already in the counted, but uh, he obviously doesn't care about the Trump base. There are people who are not running again who may not care about the Trump base. Uh, you add all these so, people up, and you're nowhere near. Up, you're nowhere near seventeen. I'm not completely sure you're nowhere near seventeen. I haven't. I think I, you're. I think you're at about. Eight, ten. Now, know. here's a slate pitch that uh, Twitter, by deplatforming him, has made it uh, less likely that he'll be convicted. Because one thing that could make him more likely to be convicted is just let him be Donald on Twitter for the until the until the trial. Right. I my, mean, his silence is 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 an asset to him when it comes my to slate the trial. pitch was that his approval is going to start rising now that he's off Twitter. Well, I think right. it'll. I mean, that's the other thing is his, done him a huge favor. His approval rating hasn't plummeted that much. I mean, five percentage points, four or five percentage points have moved from approved to disapproved. That's not nothing. But this is probably rock bottom, especially since he's not on Twitter to remind us what an asshole he is. Tw- 29 is pretty bad. Well, it was already bad. It was already yeah, really bad. He, um- but now people are desperate. What does Trump think? How can we find out what Trump thinks? And, and the 29 is just one poll. The aggregate's not that low. Um, the uh, So I don't know. I, I also just think it's, uh, you know, it's not, I mean, I hate to sound like it's time for healing to begin, but I just don't see this as helping things. I mean, I guess what bothers me most is throughout this whole thing on Twitter, Two questions I have not seen addressed when they were deciding to impeach. I, I have seen virtually no discussion on Twitter, A, as to whether this is tactically wise for the Democrats, or B, whether it's good for the country. And to be more specific, you know, there there were these reports like, oh, armed protests planned in 50 states. I didn't see anybody say, well, does impeachment make that more or less likely? Um, and I, I, I'm not all that confident of my positions on on impeachment or, for that matter, on the kind of political implications of deplatforming, which I'm also skeptical of uh, various aspects of the, the deplatforming. But um, but I just ha- – did I miss it? Were, were people actually discussing this on Twitter? Yes, I just didn't were. see it. Who, who was? Who was? Uh, I was. I just didn't see it. Uh, I, I honestly, uh, I, I wasn't. I wasn't an original. An original thought when I pointed it. So when I posted it. So there, now do there you, were, there Jonathan Turley, I believe, was. Uh, so no, but there, nobody kind of in the resistance. Uh, that's what I mean. Nobody that Nancy Pelosi would listen to. Not that she's going to listen at this point. But there must have been because the whole why why you have Twitter if somebody doesn't take that position. But I am. I one of, one of the things I discovered is I'm. I'm inadequately exposed to the uh, to the left. Uh, well, I'm exposed, and I didn't see the conversation. Maybe I just but, missed it. Uh, anyway, uh, but um, the uh, the question of how how do you get rid of Trump is one of the big questions of the hour. And uh, I always thought that somebody has to take a run at him. You can't and survive. You can't just sort of hope he's going to fade away. I, I... Uh, and. Uh, and, and sort of the derisive name for the people who don't want to impeach him 
is the fadeaway caucus. I don't think impeaching is going to do it. Certainly not by the Democrats, but it had some Republican has to take a run at him and 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 actually profit from it. And that person is not going to be Ben Sassy. I don't know who it would be. I <laughs> is, thought it would. I thought it would be Josh Hawley, but he seems to be in something of a nader at this point. Well, th- those are two different things. Hawley is a Trumpist. I mean, Sass is not. Is is it really Sassy? I thought it was Sass. Well, oh, whatever, whoever it is, but Sass, Sass, Sass. I like Sassy uh, better. Uh, uh, he is sassy. He's um, has a character in a David Mamet play says she's Tessie Turin. Uh, the uh, he's Tessie Turin. Uh, the um, I just meant they were both ambitious Pauls, and they you know supposedly you make a run at, at Trump as a as a Trumpist, you're totally dead. Uh, here's uh, what, and here's... I just think Holly Holly Holly's ambition he couldn't keep it in check in 2024. I think he would ultimately either he or Cotton would take a run at Trump. Well, they're going to sit around twiddling their fingers while while Trump runs for. I think the term. idea that somebody has to take a run at Trump to finish him off. I think. Did you revisit that in the immediate aftermath of the Capitol riots? I think they changed that somewhat. I mean, yeah, he still had support, but I think at that point, if you just want to talk crassly in terms of political tactics, let him stew in his own juice. I mean, either censor him, maybe, maybe impeach him, but don't do this whole trial thing. Oh, now, but a year from now, he's going to be smelling better. I mean, uh, first, I'm not even sure. I'm not convinced we're going to get through this week without another incident. And everybody's whistling past the graveyard. Well, we've quelled Trump. He's planning his going away party. He's sitting watching TV. He's going to pardon some people. Then he's going to leave. I'm... First, I'm not completely sure that he he has to have one more trick up his sleeve. Something like more so, like what? I, I mean, don't know. I he's he's very good at thinking of disruptive, crazy things to do. I worry uh, and, about war with Iran. Sheldon Adelson died, so maybe that. Although, actually, no, his widow, Sheldon's widow, is still there, right? Uh, I assume. I don't know. One um, one of the drivers, I think, of Trump's uh, Iran policy but, had been mega donor Sheldon Adelson. Um, uh, so I, I, anyway, I don't know, but 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 uh, but uh, I I just think this idea that we're out of the woods, and then in a year he's going to be, you know, maybe yes, maybe he doesn't have an overwhelming lead in the Republican polls, but he's going to have a lead, and and it, you know he's going to be slightly rehabilitated, unless he just spirals into insanity, and and then you're going to have to figure out what to do with him, uh, and uh, I I. My, I, I want to encourage people to take a run at him. I want to get. I want him to leave. I, I, I think he has to be killed politically, politically, uh, in order to well, see, save, you, save you his see, agenda. But see, we're look, we're at we're, when we when we say what does it take to finish off Trump? You and I mean totally different things. That that's what I'm just realizing. You're thinking we need to finish him off so that a new Trumpist can arise and take his place. And I'm thinking, I want him finished off so that the Republicans won't win next time either. But but see, I guess my view is that the Capitol riot alone had gotten him to a point where even if he managed to get the nomination, which had become less likely by virtue of the Capitol riot, there's no way he wins the general, basically. Uh, And um, and I kind of, I suspect... how awful the country is. I suspect that that will be the case in any event. I mean, I, I still, uh, I still don't think, you know, he's, he's the next president, but I think the attempted impeachment, it makes him more likely to run. It makes him, 
I don't it may make him more likely to get the nomination. Um, I don't know. More likely to run is a very good point. But uh, I mean, we do have different goals. I mean, I think if Trump runs and loses, that's terrible because his good ideas uh, die with him. Uh, I would like somebody who's going to win to promote those ideas and somebody who doesn't have his ethical and moral baggage to run and win with those ideas. Uh, so I would like the ideas to live. You you want them to die. Well, no, not entirely. I would like to see a Democratic uh, candidate, which apparently we don't uh, we don't have a Democratic president that fits this description, apparently, who really wanted to take a serious run at taking some of Trump's base with him by addressing, you know, kind of working class issues big time, maybe accommodating him somewhat on immigration, but without all the cruelty that Trump uh, brought to the equation Um, and. Uh, you know, and on trade, I mean, I have my, uh, uh, the way I would do it that I, that I think, uh, goes some of the way to addressing, uh, the concerns of your average Trumpist, although not in the way that they would approve of probably. But I, I you know, I, I'm happy to see, I, I'd rather have seen a Sherrod Brown than a Joe Biden this time. I mean, on paper, Joe Biden could do this, but he, he, he's showing no signs of, of wanting to. The picture one gets of Biden now, and this only uh, enhances it, is, you know, he always does both. He always tries to do both things. Uh, just as he's, he's just as he, you know, as a centrist, what he, what it means by centrism is he just he's the he's the equilibrium of all the factions who are vying for his attention. Uh, when he's presented with a fork in the road, he takes both. Uh, he's doing both impeachment and trying to push his agenda. He tried to both do gun control and immigration uh uh it's it's um it it's it's a dismaying lack of decisiveness and for a guy that has no head of steam coming into office it's not like he has an agenda maybe maybe the only method in his madness is he wasn't going to have a great 100 days anyway he has no head of steam so if he sacrificed his first 100 days so what uh the answer to that is the first 100 days in our ridiculous constitutional system is sort of the only time you can get anything done there, there's some exceptions: welfare reform, yeah. tax tax reform, but usually that's the that's the the window for getting things done. Uh, and it, 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 that's not a decisive leader, and he's not he's not going to move in your direction because that would require him making some choices to uh, not just be the equilibrium point, but to actually stiff arm somebody. And yeah. he's not very good at doing that. I mean, if he just delivered. In terms of focusing on the economic needs of the working class, if he delivered in a big way, health healthcare, well, infrastructure, and, and a few other, I mean, you know, but I don't think the, he's even going to do that. The economic needs might might work. There's a piece on people say I'm 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 thinly read uh, critics on um, the bloggy heads commenters, and and I'm very thinly read. There's a piece by Greg Ip in the Wall Street Journal that I haven't read, but I just saw on the as I was cruising, cruising the web this morning uh, about how it might work. I mean, you, you, you have a massive stimulus, you raise the minimum wage. Uh, it, it might work in terms of raising wages at the bottom, raising incomes at the bottom, which is what I care about. You have a massive stimulus, you raise the minimum wage, and he keeps the lid on immigration because, you know, he's really worried about this, this, these migrant caravans flooding into the country. So if you keep the lid on immigration for a few years, uh, while you heat up the economy, you might well succeed, which would be a great thing. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not 
saying he's doomed to failure. But um, Min- minimum wage would be would be big. Uh, somebody was saying on Twitter they don't think he can get a fifteen dollar minimum wage. No, without- he can't. It's a bargaining chip. But go ahead. No, but but they were saying without uh, ending the the filibuster without filibuster reform. Ezra Klein would say that. Do you think it's true? He says you he says you can't do anything. Yes, he's but he's not. But he's not, he doesn't really want a fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage. He wants a thirteen dollar an hour minimum wage. So uh, or an eleven dollar an hour minimum wage. No. So it's uh it's 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 just a he's a negotiator. I, I think it, they will they will try to eventually get rid of the filibuster and they might do if, it. If they can do it, do it and 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 DC statehood baby that too. Don't forget that. Um the uh the, the they can't have DC statehood. All of DC has been turned into a green zone. They the this they put, is, that's that's Steve Bannon talk. That's exactly the uh <laughs> Have you been not, listening to Steve Bannon? No, I was joking, but there's no uh, they've pushed the green zone out to K Street. So, uh they're they're uh, they're lapping at the shores of the old New Republic. I mean, you can't go there. Speaking of Steve Bannon, you want to hear a good example of the unintended the way all assaults on everything have an unintended consequence. This is an unintended consequence of deplatforming. Okay, so he was kicked off of YouTube. He's clearly kind of worried about being kicked off of other things. He's being a little more careful in certain respects, but anyway. One thing they've done, and, and by the way, did you realize his podcast is the number three political podcast on, on the Apple charts behind Pod Save America and some NPR thing? And no, have, haven't they deplatformed him? From YouTube, but he's still on cable. He's still on Newsmax. The show is on Newsmax. It's on uh, It's on some right-wing radio but stations. He's still, he's still number three in the podcast charts, even though he's been deplatformed? Well, that doesn't affect his podcast ranking. You know, podcasts and YouTube are different are different outlets. Okay, but um, but the audience is big, and anyway, so for fear of uh, well, what he started doing is they say you got to download the what is it real? There's some real America radio. There's some network they're on, uh, and he says download the app, text us at whatever, and gives them a number. And you'll download the app. Now, what that means is that they are collecting all the cell phone numbers of all these people who text them, I assume. And when you think about it, that's like real power. I mean, that's much better for certain purposes. That's way better than an email. It gives them the power to like, you know, summon non-trivial numbers of people to a given state capital on short notice. Um, You could do that via email, too. No, no. It's much harder. If you want an instant reaction... Or, or if you want to stay, say, you know, at at this demonstration, you know, we'll buzz you when it's time to, uh, you know, whatever. I, I, I'm I'm being solipsistic. I hate text. I hate the fact that everybody is expecting me to respond off my mobile phone that I can't operate effectively. Uh, and the best way to reach me is email. So I just hate this idea of. Yeah, text I'm I'm not a text fan email. either. Did you see, by the way, that uh, the story that um, Trump and Bannon are speaking again? Yes, I, I was imagining the scene where how does he bring up the pardon? <laughs> you know, like, yes, you're right, Mr. President. Now, one more thing. I... <laughs> the funny thing about Trump is you would have to remind him. It's like the average person would kind of know, but Trump is just so focused how on Trump. How could Trump not know? That's crazy. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it's occurred to you him. Can, you can't be a good salesman without knowing what the other person wants. But, you know, they announced today that they're going to declassify documents Trump did. And this is something Bannon's been pushing for uh, a couple of weeks. They're, they're going to declassify 
documents that I guess are going to supposed to reveal some kind of deep state conspiracy against Trump during the Obama, late Obama administration. Is it, what are these documents supposed to do? Do you know? I think these are the Obamagate documents. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know what. I, I I know nothing about it. I don't know why they would not have been released before now. And he better get on with it. He's got like five days. Now, can you tell me um, how much you know? They they have now mounted the counter narrative. Uh, on Bannon's show, and Rudy is front and center leading it to start arguing that fundamentally these were not MAGA people who did the Capitol riot. Now, you've, you've heard about the case of John Sullivan, probably. John Sullivan is the one Antifa person who was busted at the Capitol? Yeah, I mean, it turns out that apparently, I mean, he wasn't making any bones about, I think he went on cable, he, he filmed a bunch of stuff and then went on cable TV afterwards saying, yeah, I'm a left-wing guy. I was a witness to the riots. Here's what happened. But he's clearly a weirdo. And the other thing about him is, um, like you can find on like BLM, I mean, Rudy and them are, 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 are uh, you know, painting him as like the love child of BLM and, and Antifa. But, um, you, you, there are chats, uh, among BLM people, like back in November, saying, watch, "Watch out for this guy. He's not the real thing. He's a right wing plant. Whatever." So it's not like he was in in good. St- he's a, he's a nut. He was not in good standing in those circles. But Rudy, he's like he's like me. He dances at all the weddings. Uh, wait. What's the metaphor here? That's um, a, a, a yeah. Yeah. People 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 complained about me that I went to the right wing parties. I went to the left wing parties. I would just go to that any party. That was back that when you were invited. That was back when you were invited to left. And Leon parties. said there was Leon Weaselzer says as an old Yiddish expression, he dances at all the weddings. Yeah, uh, implying he just goes to any riot. You, you name the riot, he's there with with beads on. Well, there is this. I mean, first of all, so Rudy is now saying, uh, he says, look, this whole Capitol protest had three parts. A third was Antifa. Um. Uh, one third was white supremacists who are anti-Trump, and one third was white supremacists who seem to be pro-Trump but wanted to hurt Trump. So Rudy is saying it was there was no significant participation from anyone who actually supports Trump. That's, that's yeah, that seems insane. And uh, yeah, it is. Also, you know, we have the testimony of uh, Andy Ngo. I don't know how you pronounce his name. Yeah, I think it's uh, no, uh, no the, uh, uh, yeah, probably. Anyway, he's, the, Sarah Zhang and, and the woke people are trying to deplatform him. They hate him so much. And even, you know, his first, his first reaction was, uh, these are not Antifa people. This is the right wing expert on Antifa. Uh, yeah. and he would know it. So that's a statement against interest. So, uh, so I, I, I think it's crazy. My, my defense would be, uh, you know, the, the ringleaders who are trying to, who wanted to, they're trying to paint this broad brush to sort of where everybody who went into the Capitol was committing sedition when it really only might have been like 20 people. Uh, I remember, you know, in back in my student demonstration days, I think I said this, you, you, you don't know what you're doing. You just want to raise a ruckus, right? And, 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 and you, so you mass outside the building and then you yell and scream and all of a sudden, you break through the doors. You say, "Hey, okay, we're going in." You don't know what you're doing. You're the dog that caught the pickup truck, right? You're just you're like, yeah, you're milling around. But there are usually is a cadre of people who know exactly what they're doing. My, my big demonstration where they did this was a demonstration where they wound up. They went di- directly to 
the office of William Schneider, who was a harmless blue-collar researcher who later became a prominent CNN uh, commentator on politics, and they just ripped up his papers and destroyed a year's work. Uh, I didn't know that they were going to do that. In fact, I stayed outside, but um, uh, nobody in the crowd knew they were going to do that except for the five guys that did it. So uh, I think it was probably a similar dynamic there, which is you say, you say, hey, we're, you know, they wanted to, there was an organized effort to breach, but once, once you breached, did everybody know what they were going to do? I don't know. Well, I think there was a variety of motivations and even levels of understanding of what was um, going on. And that's why I don't use a term like coup or, you know, but um, clearly there were tons of people who knew they were not supposed to be beyond those barriers and went and tons of people, you know, a smaller number, but a large number who knew they weren't supposed to be in the Capitol building and went. And then there were some people who clearly like they had those plastic handcuffs with them and and. Uh, and, and, and so on. Um, well, you, and you look at the initial, the initial barrier that fell. There, it was an organized effort. All these guys with red hats come with their hands. It's very evil and insidious. They come with their hands up saying, don't shoot, right? And then when they get in close, they get a little more violent and they push and the cops can't shoot because the, as the cops said, the other side probably has more guns in a shootout they would lose. So the, the the side with more people, which was the demonstrators, is going to win, uh, and and they're not they pretend to be nonviolent yet they're violent when they're necessary when necessary. I mean, so yeah, it was more than five people. I agree. I, I'm contradicting myself, but did you know it was the, the hunting the hunting down of Pence? You know, doesn't uh, yeah they were how chanting many, how I many people? But the, the chants were pretty audible. Hang Mike Pence. They were audible, Mike Pence. but there were only like ten people. It wasn't okay, a mass chant. It was a weak But that's chant. like a, a kind of a bad sentiment. Um, and no, I agree. Was, and it turned out they were only – it turned out it, it was a much closer call than people thought. You read the post today? Uh, he was, he I was, didn't read the they piece. They said they were 60 seconds away from getting into the room where he was. And he too was saved by that cop who led the people up the wrong staircase. Now, do you buy the idea that that, uh, that, that cop – that this was a very clever way of leading them the wrong way? Yes. Okay. I think cops in there know exactly where every door goes. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, because he starts to look at the door and the guy pushes him to get his attention. Uh, now, normally yeah. that would be like, there would be a sign that, hey, what's behind that door that the guy doesn't yeah. want me to look at? But, uh, yeah, I think that's what he was doing. Um, what did, where did, where did he take them? He didn't take them anywhere. No, this, this is the one where the cop is retreating up the stairs, right? Right, right. and so they chase him. Uh, what like I don't a, understand is, I guess, I guess the I, I, what I don't understand is how could he be so confident they would keep following him as he kept receding? Right, if they had taken another turn after he left that open, well, anyway, right. if, who cares? If they would have been right on the center floor. But so, so in this case, the genius he was kind of provoking them. He was kind of like, and, and that was, right. and he, I guess, he, the idea he was he was uh, in Vonnegut terms, he was a rang rang. Okay. He was a re- he was a a rabbit leading him in the wrong direction. So, but anyway, I mean the larger thing, leave aside individual motivations is is that uh, you know this was uh at a minimum a lot of people had in mind derailing by uh you know coercion and intimidation uh not just the legislative functioning of the legislature uh, via e- illegal activity, you know, breaking in, but but also an absolutely critical 
uh, piece of functioning, namely the constitutionally ordained procedure for ratifying the election. And and, and it, it's it's a huge this is an epic and horrible thing. And Trump should be held accountable. Don't get me wrong. I just I just want to do as much damage uh, as possible to him and not play into his hands. And so I think you are not you are not for impeaching him. And I am. That would be a strange about face. Well, I think we agree that uh, the trial itself does not work for the Democrats, uh, right, but, so. but for different reasons, I guess. Um, but either you impeach him or not. And if you don't impeach him, how else do you punish him? I mean, the, the other thing I'd say is, uh, I mean, I'm fine with kind of impeaching him, but not trying him. I, I just think the trial, he's almost certainly not going to be convicted. Then he'll, you know, uh, you know, uh, I could be wrong. I, I just don't see it. I, I think it's, it is a distraction. It I- nourishes his narrative galvanizes a certain part of his base um and i, I yeah. agree i've confidently predicted the trial is not going to happen but it's not looking good for my confident prediction i hope you're right but i um, stick with it i stick with it damn it now what where do you think josh hawley sits after this i mean um oh you can recover from this sort of mistake. Yeah, that, that's my view i mean the mainstream media is kind of trying to paint this as a disaster for everyone associated with Trump. I just don't see that, a political disaster. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, this is my last press conference. That's what Nixon said after losing the governor's race in California. And four years later, he was president of the United States. So, well, also, I mean, I think if Hawley, if Trump doesn't run, then I think, you know, Hawley, uh, by virtue of, you know, hanging on to uh, a big part of Trump's base, with these shenanigans, remains in 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 good position Don't, going into the you know the presidential. Wouldn't race. you rather have Hawley than Cotton from your point of view, from the mindful resistance? Oh point God, of view? Uh, yeah, Cotton is probably flat out crazier and more dangerous on the international scene. But geez, geez. talk about a tough choice. Well, Cotton has made several smart decisions uh, and rational decisions in this whole process. Uh, he didn't support the, uh, the the vote against certifying, and he also has come out against impeachment, against yeah. having a trial. So uh, he seems like the adult in the room, as they say, and Hawley seems like the brash hothead. So that's bad for you, since he's also a a bit of a blob person. Yeah, you know, there was a little, there may have been a little confusion in our discussion last week. We we um uh. I guess it was Rob Nepel. Is that the way he pronounced his last name? Truth I, laid bare. I forget. Uh, internet, anyway, internet pioneer. Internet pioneer. Blogging Ra- pioneer. Raise, raise the qu- he, he thought. I mean, I think there is actually some confusion over the the between the issue of whether Pence had the authority to to to, to ca- throw out votes or even stop the proceedings for an investigation. Between the legitimacy of that, which I think would have had zero legitimacy, and the legitimacy of Hawley filing the challenge, you know, objecting to the electors in in the first place. That's legitimate. I mean, that is allowed for in the Electoral Count Act or whatever it's called of, of 19 whatever. And uh, if both houses had voted to uphold his objection, we'd be in a different world. There's no chance back, that they I, would. I, but the, the, the Rob's point, which was based... I interpreted it as that I didn't know what I was talking about, is basically correct. 
But if you if now I do know more about what I'm talking about, and if you go back and look at Mike Lee's point, he claimed that the there was no role for even objections. In other words, that the that the uh, the, the, the electoral count act was unconstitutional. And if you read the constitution, it doesn't really provide for objections. It just sort of said you'll count the votes. No, the constitution uh, doesn't. It, it, so yeah, but but right. the statute. So you can't you can't have a statute that contradicts the constitution. So there's an argument that all that the only and I think that's crazy. And even under Nepal's uh, approach, where if you can if you believe that the, the that act is is constitutional and that you can raise objections. It doesn't completely answer the hypothetical of what if Florida had sent a pro-Bush slate of electors after Gore had won, because what if both houses were Republican, then you'd still have an unjust result. Uh, so, I mean, I guess the answer is you have to have some way of taking it to court. And if you have a way of taking it to court, who needs all these congressional checks? But uh, it, it also makes Congress seem like a little... Uh, not that important. And the question is, is, is there some, if, if in that hypothetical with both two Republican houses, uh, approve a, a, a phony slate of electors from Florida, does the vice president have to stand oddly by and say, okay, sure. I have no role in this. I'm not so sure. Um, neither am I. Um, but, but, but last week when I was saying, all Congress can do is count the votes. I was talking about what the Constitution prescribes. Uh, what what Holly was doing was uh, is is authorized by a statute that you may be right. It's unconstitutional, right. but that's right, a separate right. matter. And and right. that was the source of the confusion. I mean, I do think there's some confusion in the public mind uh, between the, the 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 questions of the legitimacy of, of Pence doing what Trump wanted him to do and Holly having done what Trump wanted him to right. do. The, the, right. The, yes, and and uh, the Pence thing is is way crazier. Yeah, that, that's that's and that's the thing. I mean, the, the fact is, Pence did. It's the exact opposite of what Trump said in that tweet. Pence did defend the Constitution, and Trump wanted him to not. Um, there are other, there are other things to talk about. What are they? Uh, Jack Dorsey and censorship, and and his idea for a Bitcoin modeled. Internet where nobody would have to censor. Does I don't understand how that makes sense. I don't. And understand. the vaccine, the vaccine rollout, not going well. Well, the va- it's 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 it. It does seem to me it's an interesting example of corporatism versus universalism. In other words, the uh, the, the 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 sort of CDC model rollout is is. You know, based on this, the the corporatist fallacy that society is like a person, and different people are like different organs. So we have the healthcare workers, and we they their little organ they get the vaccine, and this this group this union gets the vaccine, and the the essential you know the uh, podcasters yeah they can get the vaccine, and the everybody's defined according to their function in the social body. Uh, and this that's is not the, the only part of the definition. Their, their their vulnerability to death is another part of the criterion. That's why old people are favored. But their old people are disfavored in this. In the in the, that's why that's the call I got that you were a piss that I took was telling me I'm an old person. I ain't gonna get it because they're still giving it to category one A, the essential workers. Yeah, so but you been, get it before a, a person who's like you except forty five years old. Right, but um, I mean, they may have demoted you originally. Old people were in phase the, two, 
in most right. places. I mean, old being over 75, um, which is older than you, I know. But um, anyway. They, so, so, they weren't in phase two. They were in 1B. They, they, yeah, they okay, were in phase right, two. They right, were however you – yeah. But, but they were, they were pretty high up there. They were pretty high up there. But, but the point is – the point is that this corporatist view is up against a more universalist view where we don't view people by their function in society. We just say everybody over 65, come on down. And okay, that but- would be – that would be, and that view is winning out, I think, everywhere. It's proving to be the fastest way to get the most vaccine out. Uh, Texas is, is – West Virginia is beating the pants off everybody. They have seven per thousand per hundred. Uh, Texas is of the big states is, is sort of winning the race. They were the first to cross a million. And, uh, New York uh, did the corporatist view and, and they are still doing it. And their health infrastructure is so strong that they're actually on a par with Texas and California is just completely lagging behind. It's, 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 uh, they have now switched to the over 65. Okay. But they're, they're not being able to pull it off yet. Okay. But just, just to be clear, the corporatist view isn't that. We prioritize people who have a more important role in society. It's we we prioritize people according to the role they would play in spreading the disease. Okay, so so it's it's not the same as saying like, well, CEOs are super in, important. In part, and blah, it is, blah, blah. in part it is according to their role in society. A, they're called essential workers. Why are they called essential workers? Not because of their exposure, but because they're necessary for society. Okay, but to even there, we're talking B, about. And 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 B, uh, uh, I forget what B is. Then I get to chime in. Okay, but even with essential (laughs) workers, we're talking about their role during a pandemic. Okay, they have they're like the bear. They help us perform the functions that absolutely have to be performed. Like Broadway actors are super important, but they're not essential. We just they're just out out of luck. California podcasters are essential. We're essential, Bob. (laughs) <laughs> every 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 group is lobbying for its inclusion yeah in, into the essential category according to the role they play in society not according to the not according to how exposed they are oh and the point a point b was another f- function of this prioritization was to keep society going as much as possible which does not have to do with uh disease so much as who do we really want to get to work to keep the society as normal as possible um well are you anyway, optimistic? any shot at corporatism i can take i'm going to take it apparently um are you optimistic about things improving under the biden administration vaccine they're bound to get better they're bound to get a little better well they're bound to get better under either it's it's um uh the the distressing news today was that israel which has done better than anybody as long as you're uh, not a Palestinian in the West Bank, right, yeah, okay. and, and if you are, spread, you're like totally spread. screwed. Well, I who's screwed? Because it turns out it's not diminishing the spread of the virus. It's everybody's not? vaccine. No, I don't think so. Uh, every, well, they have everybody's, like, every, everybody's vaccinated, but everybody's still getting the virus. They have like 25 percent vaccination rate, roughly, right? Well, they uh, should. You should see some dent in the virus numbers. Well, then. 25 percent. Uh, look, you, you're going to start seeing it like. Two three weeks after the inoculation, last I heard, they had a quarter of the population inoculated. Um, I, I mean, there's also this, Mickey, which is it could be that as people get inoculated, they're behaving more recklessly because they think of themselves as protected, and so you could right. 
You, well, okay, so that's not an indictment of the effect of the vaccination, you know. No, but it means we can't expect society to get back to normal as quickly as we thought. Well, uh, the 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 other thing is that Biden is still on the wrong side of this sixty-five versus essential worker debate. His his people people on his uh, advisory group are still saying it. You know, if if you let in the over sixty-fives, you have vastly more people who are eligible for the vaccine than the vaccine is available because there are a whole lot of people over 65 and there's a, a Biden advice saying this is a terrible thing, you know, because it's much better to ration it out. So it matches exactly the number of vaccines available to the number of people in priority. And that seems crazy to me. And people obviously, they know they're eligible. They know there's a shortage of the vaccine and they're going to have to wait until there's enough vaccine around. People are used to that. It's like toilet paper. You're eligible to buy toilet paper, but if it's not in the store, you ain't going to get it. So you got to wait until it gets in the store. The same thing with the vaccine. Why? Why do these ethicists feel they have to have to uh, completely parse the 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 priorities down into little itty bitty groups, completely ignoring the transaction costs of scheduling these little itty groups, having a little itty bitty group big enough to have a 900 person dose of the vaccine, you know, transported to that little itty bitty group. I mean, in New York, I have a friend who's who's uh, she's married to a guy who's like in 79 years old and she's like in her 50s and her hospital uh, will give her the vaccine because uh, because she is affiliated with the hospital. But they won't her 89 or 79 year old husband can't get the vaccine uh, because she's in the wrong little itty bitty group. So. um it, it, but Biden's still being advised by idiots like this guy who says the public can't handle being eligible for the vaccine when it's not available. Yes, they can. So wait, you're saying that there should be some merging of groups. So like 1A and 1B should be merged. They're all uh, available now and then or what? And then anybody you, in anybody over 65 and in the 1A group. But that's like uh, a huge should, number should, of people. And the it's fact like is 125 million people. The fact is that people so between we give the it ages, out as quickly as possible to this 125 million people, people between the ages of 65 and 70, a have almost have a very low chance of dying if they get the virus. I'm not saying there can't be side effects for not everyone. That's another question. Very low chance of dying. And B. Uh, they're not running around spreading the disease anyway. It's not very low. There was a guy who dissented on the uh, CDC advisory board because he said the stats for 65 to 75 and 75 to and older were actually pretty close to each other. Well, I said 65 to 70, not 65 to 75. Okay, well, um, it just gets worse and worse as, as you get older, like so many things. Um, <laughs> so, quick question. Uh Liz Cheney, was this was this a mistake? I mean, no. was this, was this her bid? This was her bid to lead the insurgent wing of the Republican Party, where insurgent wing means what the Republican Party itself was five years ago. That 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 this was that the idea. I mean, not that she didn't have nobler motivations, but people know who she is. She's she is the Republican Party of five years ago, and they know that whether she leads the charge or not. The idea that she was going to fool the Trumpists by opposing impeachment and then suddenly unleash her endless wars uh, scenario on them once she got power, it seems crazy to me. Well, does so this... she's, revealed, she's revealed her true colors and that's who she is. Well, does that not end her political career? It, 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 I think her political career was ended anyway. 
Why? I mean, in, in the Republican Party, she's not going to be nominated for president because she's a warmonger. No, she's but I mean, she could, she could at least get reelected. Oh, she'll get reelected. Okay, that's my question. I think. Well, that's a good point. I mean, she's from a pretty right-wing state, so maybe not. Maybe okay. There's th- maybe there's a think tank in her future. Okay. She's one of these people like Marco Rubio who everybody in the right-wing intelligentsia sort of has to love. Uh, and I don't quite understand it. They must, they, 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 she must give constant like parties with good food, seminars with good food that all these people go to. So they love Lynn Cheney. She must constantly be going and talking to the editorial board of the National Review off the record. Um, Otherwise, wherein lies the greatness of Lynn Cheney? Beats me. I'm not, I'm not big on the Cheney brand. I assume that was what, what she had going for is just the Cheney brand. Well, I but, think she's a she's a smart person, and but everybody was saying, oh, her you know her amazing statement against Trump. It was you know, it was just what you'd expect from. By the way, is Andrew Yang going to be the next mayor of New York? As long as I'm asking you about people's political futures, hard to believe. It'd be fun. Well, uh, it didn't help he, that it turns out he never votes in mayoral elections himself, and he's had uh, a couple decades to do it. Um, but the other thing, did you see this tweet where he did a tweet where it was a celebration of the bodega, the New York bodega? And, and uh, I did not see that. I and, saw there was know, some bodega. It's done by his PR people. He's like walking around like this, like grocery place. And like the bodegas are the lifeblood of what I don't know what it said. Blah, blah, blah. And Bill, Bill Sher retweeted it and just said, this is not a bodega. And it wasn't a bodega. I mean, a bodega. Is like a Latino thing, right? I mean, this looked like a Korean-owned grocery store or something with like fresh vegetables and blah blah blah. Well, there, there, you know, there are a lot of. I'm sure there are a lot of fake Latinos running Latino bodegas. No, this was not. Uh, a, this did not have see, the hallmarks of a bodega. Bodega has a very. It had, it had some. It had some healthy food, so it couldn't possibly be. A well, bodega. you laugh, but bodegas <laughs> don't have like salad bar, a lot of fresh vegetables. They have canned beans and stuff. I mean, well, that's there's a bodega. There's a, there's a Korean version of the bodega that has like. Uh, there are a lot of them in Midtown New York who that have like a hot table and they have like. Those are not bodegas. Vegetables. Well, but they're, they're close. They're the not life, close enough. If you're going to run for mayor of New life. York, it's like it's like holding a donut and saying, I love bagels and I'm running for mayor of New York. And you say, well, donut is kind of like a bagel. Yeah, no, you just finished off your chances. It's a bodega in the larger sense. <laughs> uh, the um, They're both valuable institutions. Well, I mean, uh, look, I, don't get me wrong. I champion bodegas, Korean-owned grocery stores, and everything. I just don't recommend that mayors, people running for mayor of New York, run around calling things bodegas that aren't. Oh, wait, Mickey. Uh, my my uh, my smartwatch just gave me a relax reminder, so maybe we should wrap this up. Uh, you're, you're, you're working me up with your resistance on the bodega thing. Um, well, we still have... Uh- that's what we, the parrot room is for. We still have Jack Dorsey and the Bitcoin based Bitcoin based internet. We have a lot of things me. that we will discuss in the parrot room, which is available to all who are parrot room Patreons, a, which you can become by going to patreon.com slash parrot room. There's a juicy French incest scandal, which we may get into. So man. Uh, that, that's we just doubled our revenue. That was genius. I'm writing there, it down. Wait, well what a, is it? French what scandal? Incest. Incest. Left-wing French intellectuals. Excellent. Excellent uh, content. 
And and there's actually a scandal, a sort of semi undernewsy scandal that I'm reluctant to bring up. That's uh, uncovered, undercovered. That I may bring up. I may have the balls to bring up. Well, watch your language. We talk like that in the parrot room. We don't talk like that here. Okay. Cajones is what you meant to say. Cajones. I think, I think the word is huevos, Bob. <laughs> Uh, there's there's a bodega joke out there somewhere that I doesn't quite come to mind. Uh, way <laughs> um, oh, I, and, and, I think I think I think the, I think huevos rancheros is in the joke, but I still don't the, know what the and joke the, is. And, and and a very important NPR station just totally dissed the New York Times by canceling the Daily. We can talk about that. Oh, now that's interesting because there's this ethics scandal involving Michael Barbero, host of the Daily, which this is related to, right? I didn't know about that, so you can tell me about oh, I'll that. I'll give you the backstory on that in the parrot room. Okay. Um, and plus, no, plus this. Uh, there's some foreign policy stuff. I mean, uh, th- there were some, like, kind of, mi- well, non-trivial appointments uh, by Biden over the last couple of days that are more bad news for uh, progressive realists in foreign policy and more good news for the blob uh, and its... Uh, Tolerance for Burns. For, your boy Burns got a job. That was the good news a few days earlier. I mean, CIA. I'd like to see him as Secretary of State. This is William Burns. He's going to be head of the CIA. Good, just good to have him in the mix. Um, but uh, well, I'll go ahead and. T- I mean, yeah, you know, the bad news okay. is Sam- Samantha Powers at USAID, and um, they suddenly are making that a part of the National Security Council. That position. Okay. There's more. There's more I'll talk about. Save it for the parrot room. Mm-hmm. Don't leave it in the locker room and save it for the parrot room. I won't. Uh, what else? Wait. I can't even read my own handwriting. Um, I, I'm gonna, I want to talk a little more about Steve Bannon. Uh, he's kind of in a little way covering his tracks uh, regarding... Um, at least some kind of uh, arguable yeah. complicity in the uh, riots in the in the Capitol Hill right. Um, the uh, oh oh, and I'm going to uh, reveal the 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 next uh, narrative that's going to be coming out of uh, uh, Trump land regarding uh, the instigators. It's going to be more subtle okay, than Rudy's no. claim that there were they were uh, you know no 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 MAGA people. Yeah, I thought so, you were about to give it away. Uh, Don't give it away. I won't, but why are you holding a parrot? Because the parrot's going to say, relax, Bob. Relax, Bob. <laughs> I feel better already. Um, Time to relax. Time to relax. And we'll probably, I don't know, it would be a strange parrot room if it didn't uh, involve a diatribe uh, against Bob Dylan by me, but maybe it won't involve that. We should we should take a week off. Um, I, 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 took a, I didn't try to play guitar. I think I won points for that. We oh we should say last week you actually played guitar and sang in the parrot room did you not for ten seconds and it sucked but yes whereas previously the only live singing had been me doing country western I, songs and I gotta you say did much better they won you plaudits did. from from some listeners yeah I won no plaudits um, but I didn't get a copyright violation either so that was the point that was an um, improvement I learned the chords to not fade away but I'm not gonna play it. Yeah. That was the only constructive thing that happened this week. Um, okay. Um, 
so I guess that's it. It seems like there's more to say, but we'll try to uh, regroup and say it in... Uh, oh, oh, we should plug our other things. My non-zero newsletter, if you sign up at nonzero.org, you'll get the newsletter in which I explain that there's about to be a paid version. Who doesn't like to hear about that? Um, your newsletter, Cal's Files. And uh, I don't have the huevos to go paid. Oh, uh, no, you're planning to do that, right? I'm playing, but there's so much competition. Walter Curran has started one. Every reporter in the country is quitting their job and starting a Substack, and they're all charging five dollars a month. And they're at least writing; they're churning out the copy. I'm producing two columns a month, and is that worth five dollars? I guess I could, I could start it on the grounds that people just might just want to throw me money to keep me alive, but uh, as a charity. But um, it doesn't seem like that's giving the giving the readers their money's worth and and do I want to work that hard? I have other things I want to do. Damn it. I'll talk you into this um, in the Parrot Room. Um, what else was I going to... Um, uh, 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 oh, we should plug our Twitter handles at Robert Ryder, at Kaus Mickey. People should rate and review the Right Show podcast, which this is. I couldn't believe Bannon. I thought he'd been bullshitting. Um, he kept claiming he was at the top of the You're podcast. You're his biggest charts. promoter. It's all because they listen to I know. To it's all because of me. Uh, yeah, uh, he yeah. owes it all to me. Now, he had the right, but now he has the left, too. So you're... you're well, that, he claims that that's his brand, see, right? He's the fusion. See, yeah, you're the secret to his success. Okay. So, uh, enough plugging. Uh, on to the uh, parrot room. Okay. See you All later. right. See ya.